number four in verse 23. I want to show you our theme scripture for this year. As was just illustrated on the screen, it's spelled out as Jesus speaks to the woman at the well. In John chapter 4 and verse 23, remain seated if you don't mind and focus in on what we're about to read. The Bible says in red letters, Jesus speaks to the woman there at the well, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. As we pray throughout the summer, getting into the fall, about what exactly God's will for our church was in the new year, the word now kept coming to mind and kept coming to heart. For the last couple of years, so many things that we've desired to do and have been burdened about and we've known to do have been sidetracked and distracted from all the things that have been going on in our world. And the Father just kept impressing upon my heart, now is when. He told the woman in verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when. Now think about that word, if you will, with me this morning. It's such a small, ordinary word, the word now is. But when you think about it this morning, it has a most extraordinary opportunity. Now, what's the great opportunity about now? What makes now so special? What makes now so important to the will of God in our life? When you truly think about it this morning, now is really the only time we have. We don't have 2020 or 2021 anymore. Our theme of being engaged has passed. Our theme of being renewed has passed. We do not have that opportunity anymore. All that we have is now, the chance, the time, the opportunity that God has given us for this place and this time. Now, our goal, our burden, our prayer for 2022 is that we would simplify God's will for our life by finding God's will for now. I want you to think about that. We think about the will of God for our life. It gets overwhelming, doesn't it? Oh, what is the will of God for my life? I've got to pray about where to go to college and who to marry and how many kids we're going to have and where we're going to live and whether we're going to serve in church or we're going to pastor a church and all of these things. And after a while, it gets overwhelming. And after a while, we put off the will of God because the will of God for our life is such an important thing. This year, we're going to narrow it down just a little bit and see that the only way to fulfill God's will for our life is to begin fulfilling God's will for now, for now. Instead of thinking about in the grand scheme of things, what is God's will for tomorrow and next week and next year? Yes, it's important that we plan. Why don't we start thinking about what is God's will for us right now? You know, when you walked into this service this morning, the Lord knew you were going to be here, and he had a will for you and for your life for this very moment that you're here today. Rather than look forward to tomorrow, what God's will is tomorrow, why don't we ask ourselves today, what is God's will for us right now? Now, here's what the temptation is. We know the story of the woman at the well. There's a couple of things I've never noticed before. Here's Jesus coming to her. We know he's going to tell her in verse 23 that now is when true worshipers shall worship. And so as he comes to her and begins speaking with her, do you know what's amazing? She focuses on two things. Watch with me, if you will. Look down chapter number four. He says he must needs go. He comes to the woman and says, give me to drink. He begins talking to her. She says, well, you're, you're, from, you're a Jew. Why are you talking to me, a Samaritan? He says in verse 10, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. 
She goes on down talking about the water and talking about the well. After a while, the Bible says she perceives that he's a prophet. Now watch verse 20. The Bible says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So watch this. He's talking to her. He asked her where her husband was. She said, I have no husband. He said, yes, you've been married five times. The man you're living with is not your husband. And then she said, well, you know, in the past, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. So it seems like she's changing the subject a little bit. Christ is trying to bring her to the opportunity of what is in the present, and she wants to talk about what has happened in the past. Keep reading. Look on down, verse number um, uh, verse number 25, the woman saith unto him, I knoweth that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Watch closely. She talks about the past. She talks about the future. But what is Christ trying to get her to focus in on? It's in verse 23. He's trying to get her to focus on now. Now, here's what happens. Watch this. We're just as guilty as she is. Oftentimes, we come to the house of God, and look, if you've done great things for God in your past, wonderful, thank God for that. And if you're looking forward to doing great things for God in your future, thank God for that. It's great to have some ambition. But what God wants us to answer the question about this morning is, what about now? What does God have for us now at this place, at this time, and at this opportunity? He said, now is when. Hey, let's not try to change the subject and talk about the past. Let's not try to change the subject and talk about the future. Let's figure out what God's will is for us right now. Now, here's my burden. I was trying to imagine what the change would take place in our church and the growth that would take place in our church if every time we walked in these doors, we asked the question, God, what about now? God, what are you wanting to do now? God, I'm thankful for what you did in the past you ought to be thankful for a godly heritage and victories God given in your past. Be thankful for that. God, I hope you're going to do something in the future, but God, I want to focus in on right now. What is your will for my life right now? Why? We don't have the past. We don't have the future, but we do have now. And if we're ever going to get around to the will of God, can I tell you when that is? It's in verse 23. Now is when. Here's the question I'd like you to ask every time you walk in these doors this year. What is my now? What is my now? Matter of fact, when you walk out of these doors, I want you to ask the question, what is my now? And now I've got to go find my now. Why did God leave me here on this planet for this day? Why did God give me this opportunity to draw life? And so I told Brother Bo we were coming up with the designs for what we want to do with our theme this year. I says, I want it to scream at us. That every time we walk in this door, we're going to ask the question, what is my now? And every time we walk out of these doors, we're going to go find our now, why God left us here. And so we have a couple of banners we're going to unfurl. Can I get the guys to help me right quick, Brother Bo? And uh, we did not rehearse this. So if this doesn't work, just bear with us, all right? Over here on this wall, this is what I want you to ask yourself every time you walk in. Show it to us right quick, guys. What's your now? What is your now? Why did God bring you to this place in this time? And as you leave the sanctuary, I want you to be thinking about this right here. Go ahead, guys. I want you to be thinking about finding your now. Now, look, we don't have the past anymore. We can complain about all that we get, didn't be able to do and weren't able to accomplish. We can complain about that, but it's not going to bring the past. But I'm not going to open it right now, Brother Nate. You don't have to hide yet. My message points are on there, so I'm not going to open it right now. All right? I don't want them to see it early because they'll flip ahead. So just kind of keep that till later. All right? What is our now? 
and then finding our now. All right? Christ is trying to get this woman to focus on now. You don't have the past. You don't have the future yet. He says now is when. Now, out of sight is out of mind, isn't it? I hope every time we walk in these doors, we look at those walls and we ask the question, what's our now? What's our now? Why has God brought us to this place for this time? Now, folks, oftentimes we use later as an excuse for not doing the will of God now. Do you know what later is? Later is the scenic route for never. Okay? Later is the scenic route for never. Uh, You ever take the scenic route? I know we're always in a rush, have places to go and things to do. All right? But sometimes my wife and I will take a, a scenic route. It's the long way around, but we end up at the same place. Later, oftentimes in the Christian life, is the scenic route to never. We keep saying, I'm going to do it in the future. No, listen, if we're going to do it, we've got to do the will of God in the only time that we have, and the only time that we have is now. So you've got to ask the question, what's your now? Why did God leave you? You know, folks, there's a lot of folks that didn't make it to 2022. You did. Why? Why have you made it to now? I think it's time for us at Central Baptist Church to find our, our now. And by the grace of God, as we go throughout this year, we're going to fulfill the will of God. Listen closely, one now at a time. Tomorrow, you're going to ask the question, what's my now? Why did God let me live another day? Tuesday morning, you're going to wake up. Why did God let me live now? Why did God give me more time? Why did God give me more, more opportunity? Now, we're going to see this morning in the life of the woman at the well in John chapter 4 of what we need to know about now. What we need to know about now. And I'm going to show you three things you've got to find in order to redeem your time. Three things you're going to have to find in order to redeem the time of 2022. Now, we know this story well. We look down to verse 4. The Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. This is not an accident he runs into this woman, is it? This was the will of God. He goes to Samaria. He meets the woman and begins having a conversation with her. And it's interesting when you read down uh, through verse number 7 all the way down to verse 27, the conversation takes twists and turns. Uh, that's probably how it is when you talk to me. I get sidetracked very easily, and I can chase rabbits very easily. I do it every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. When you do it that many times, you have a lot of practice in it, you get pretty good at it. He talks to her about the water, and she wants to talk about the well. She brings up, well, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. He brings up her husband. She begins to ask questions about where we're going to worship. Now, it appears she's trying to change the subject. Christ is trying to confront her about her life and where she's at in her life, and she keeps trying to change the subject. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever been sitting in a church service? The Holy Spirit of God try to bring something to light in your life, and we change the subject. He's trying to show us where we stand with him. By the way, you ought to thank God for that, that he cares enough about us to show us where we stand with him because one day it's really going to matter where you stood with him. And he's trying to show her that, and she starts talking about the past. Or she starts talking about the future. And Christ says, I want you to understand, but now is when. Now, here's what I want you to see. He was trying to show her her need. He was trying to show her her need. She needed Christ more than anything in the world. And she wants to talk about this, and she wants to talk about that. Number one this morning, if we're going to fulfill and and find and fulfill our now in 2022, number one, we've got to see the need in now. We've got to see the need in now. Now watch closely. She's talking about the past. She's talking about the future. But Christ is trying to bring her to the present. 
He wants to show her the need that's in her life right now. Now, why is that important? Hear me out. Until she sees the need, she's wasting the opportunity that stands right in front of her. Now, you think about that today. Until we see our need and allow God to show us the needs that are before us, we're wasting the time that we have. Do you know why God left us here as Christians? Do you know why God brought Central Baptist Church together? It's because the world is in need of something that we have. And the longer we neglect the need, the longer we're missing the opportunity that God's given us. My wife bought me some very nice cufflinks for uh, the theme service today, and I really think she gave it to me so that I wouldn't preach long because my cufflinks are watches. I mean, now I have one on my wrist and, and two on my shirt, okay? If I still preach long, it's on me. It was on purpose, okay? Because I have enough cufflinks now uh, to keep me on track and to keep me within time. But I was sitting at my desk this morning, and I was listening to those ticks. Do you know what time is? Time is opportunity. And God's given us a wonderful opportunity to reach this lost world, to reach Hattiesburg, to reach our neighbors, to invite folks to be a part of this wonderful church. God's given us that, but until we see the need, we're going to miss the opportunity. Here she is talking about the past, talking about the future. You know, the Holy Spirit of God comes to you and will burden your heart about something. He says, hey, I'm trying to show you a need, but we don't want to hear the need. Why? Because we have things we want to do now other than what our fathers called us to do now. And we wonder why the world's in such shape it's in. Do you know why? You know what we keep telling God? Not now. Not now, God. I've got a career I've got to pursue. God, I have hopes, ambitions, and dreams, things that I want. God, not now. And watch this. The longer we tell God not now, the longer we miss the opportunity that is standing right in front of us. Do you know who stood in front of her? The very sinless son of God. Do you know what he offers us? Opportunity. And she wants to talk about this and she wants to talk about that. He says, hey, what about now? Now, folks, listen, that's why God left us here. We are his Esther for such a time as this. That's why we've come to this place. That's why we've got this time. And it's time that we get about the business of God figuring out, hey, what's our now? Why did God leave us here? I'm thankful for fellowship. I really am. I enjoy fellowship. I enjoy the opportunities to get out there in the gym and we eat food together and, and, and mingle in fellowship as a church. But that's not the only reason God left us here. God left us here to redeem the time, to see the need that's out there, and take advantage of every tick of that clock as it goes by. Folks, what's your now? Why did God leave you here? Why did God lead you to Central Baptist Church? Now, the truth of the matter is we're no different than her. We come just as we are to a church service, and we leave the same, missing out on the opportunity. Why? We refuse to recognize our need. Now look, you're not going to redeem the time. You're not going to fulfill God's will in your life if you don't first see the need that God places in front of you. Now, folks, he's going to make it clear. He can preach way better than I can. And he's going to make it clear why he left us here so that we can find our now. You ever think about this morning why Paul was so useful? The apostle Paul, of course, he was used of God. I want you to think about something in Acts chapter number 9. Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul, this is where he gets saved. You know the story. He's on the road to Damascus. The bright light shines from heaven. God knocks him down. He's looking up. The Lord begins to have a conversation with him about what he would have him to do. But listen to verse number 6. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Now stick with me. 
Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? You know, when God confronted Saul, which would become Paul, when God confronted him, he didn't have any negotiations with God. When God confronted him with who he was and what his need was, he immediately looked up to God and says, what wilt thou have me to do? Do you know what the apostle Paul was asking? He was asking God, show me what I need. Show me what I need. And immediately God sent him. What did he say? I'll read the rest of the verse for you. Arise, the Lord said, go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Do you know why we're missing out on the will of God? We're still in negotiations. He confronts us and shows us our need or he shows the needs that are around us and we're telling God why we can. That's why we're missing out. That's why you haven't found your now yet. That's why you haven't found the will of God yet because we haven't got to the place to where we acknowledge the need that God has placed before us. That's why we're here. I know we have to work and we have school and we have to feed our families, but our purpose here is the will of God. And it's time we get about finding our now. Changing the subject with God's only going to delay what he wants to do in your life. Here's a lady. Well, let me tell you about what the past, what we did in the past. Hey, let me tell you about what we're going to do in the future. The longer she kept changing the subject, the longer she delayed the will of God for her life. Now, can I ask you something? How often do you change the subject with God? Invitation time. You're thinking, man, if I can just get through about, what, about three verses, Brother Heath, about three or four verses. Man, if I can just get through three verses, I'll get out of here. Do you know what you're doing? You're delaying the will of God for your life. God shows us our need because God has something that he wants us to do. I think that's why David said, Psalms 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know what David says? Would you show me my need? Show me my need. Folks, the only way you're going to fulfill the will of God for your life is to see the need that God places before you. And here's Christ trying to convince this woman of what her need was. And we're thinking to ourselves, oh my goodness, if she had any sense, she would just shut up and listen to the Savior. I think we need to take our own medicine. Instead of sitting and negotiating with God, why we can't do what he's called us to do. Look, it's no mistake you're here right now. It's no mistake, God brought you to this place for such a time as this, but you've got to figure out what's my now. Why did God bring me here? Number one, we've got to see the need in now. Now, you want to see the best example of that? Look at verse four. Christ shows us exactly the principle that he wants us to live by. What does the Bible say? And he must needs go through Samaria. Watch this. He told the disciples, you guys go on. There's something that I need to do now. I need to do now. Do you know something? Listen, if you're saved this morning, God has a will for your life. There's something God has for you right now. And the longer we postpone and change the subject and delay, we're missing out on the opportunity that God has given us to fulfill his will. By the way, that's why you don't have any contentment in your life. You'll never have contentment as a Christian until you start fulfilling the will of God for your life. So what has God called us to do? Well, he's called us to now, but we've got to see the need that is now. I would pose the question to you this morning, what is it this morning that God would have you to do? You're not just here to sit, you're here to do. What has God called you to do right now? I believe this morning our homes are suffering, our church is dying, our nation is deteriorating, all because we keep telling God, not now. God says, no, 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 my will is for you to be here now, but you don't see the need of now. Look, if we don't see the need, how are we going to fulfill it? 
We've got to let God convince us of why he left us here. And finally, he gets to the woman, convinces her of exactly what she's looking for. Now, the disciples learn the same lesson. Look at verse 35. Don't feel bad. The disciples had to learn this too. Watch what he tells them. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. He says, listen, guys, don't say you have time four months. You know what that is? Future. What did he say? Keep reading. He says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already. They are white already. Do you know what that means? They're ready now. They're ready now. Folks, look. We say, man, I'm looking forward to this year. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. Hey, let's bring it down to today, Sunday, January the 16th. What does God want to do now? What does God want to do now? Do you know when he told them to look on the fields that are white, all ready to harvest? He was trying to get them to see the need. It's there and it's available now, but you've got to see the need that is now. Number one, see the need in now. But then look back to verse 23. If we're going to fulfill the will of God... He says, but the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. So God says, watch this, Central Baptist Church, if you're going to fulfill my will in 2022, you've got to see the need that's now, all right? That's where that burden comes from. Our eye affects our heart. We've got to see the need. God shows us, hey, that's why I left you here. But there's a problem. It's more comfortable to ignore a need than to accept a need. It's more comfortable to ignore a need than accept a need. I'll give you an example. How often are we passing out of the Walmart parking lot and you see somebody holding up a sign? Hungry. Let me guess. You sit there and you stare them down, don't you? No, you probably turn your head. Why? Because you don't want to see that. Man, it's just somebody sitting there with a kid or usually they have a puppy. I'm, I'm glad they have a puppy, you know? They're sitting there with their puppy and they got their bag and they got their thing. Hey, need food, hungry. I'm not picking on Listen to me. You know what they have? They have a need. Oftentimes, you know what we do? We turn our head. And look over there. And we find something really stupid to talk about out the other window, don't we? We're all guilty of it. Why? It's easier to ignore a need than it is to accept a need. That's why in Mark chapter 6, remember the disciples? All the people are coming around Christ, uh, and now it's getting time for dinner. What do the disciples say in Mark 6? Send them away. Send them away. Now, here's something important we've got to see this morning. They were reluctant to accept the need that was there. They didn't want to see it. They were focused in on themselves. But when they finally saw the need, did not God work through that? Oh, they saw God work in a mighty way. Now, watch what the Bible says, verse 23, the end of it. The Bible says, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now, this is important. Acknowledging our need through Christ opens the door for the opportunity to worship him acknowledging our need, all right? When I acknowledge my need as a sinner, oh, that did not feel very good. I didn't want to acknowledge the shortcoming in my life that I was a lost sinner destined for hell. I didn't want to admit that. But when I acknowledged that need, guess what was on the other side of acknowledging that? I found God's opportunity. Oftentimes we run from needs and ignore the needs, but it's through the needs that God provides us with the opportunity that only he could give. That's number two. This year, not only do we need to find the need of now, we need to find the opportunity in now. 
find the opportunity and now. It's amazing to me how God uses our needs to present us with his opportunities, right? Now, I don't know about you. I don't like being needy. I don't like having a need. I don't like having a deficit or a shortcoming in my life. I don't like that. But you know, often it's through my times of need that I learn about the opportunities of God. Watch closely. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and are of heavy laden, and I will give you what? There's an opportunity of rest. But where does the opportunity of rest come from? The need of laboring. You see, the need produced the opportunity. Jeremiah 33, 3, we preached that the other day. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things thou what? Knowest not. None of us here this morning like not knowing something. But wait a minute. It's the need of not knowing that opens the opportunity where God shows us something. He says, hey, I want to show you what you don't know, but it's on the other side of you acknowledging the need that you don't have it. Now, folks, this is important. The need is there. We look around our world, the need is there, but that need grows into an opportunity as soon as we acknowledge it. I remember when I was lost, and the Holy Spirit pricked my heart that I was on my way to hell and in need of a Savior. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good being told I was lost. But you know, God didn't convict my heart about being saved and show me that I was lost to be vindictive and rub my nose in it. He showed me the need so that he could show me the opportunity. He wanted to save me. He was not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You see, I had to acknowledge the need before I could find the opportunity. Now, folks, when we look out there in the world, we see a bunch of needs, don't we? Our world is desperately in need. It's in need of hope. It's in need of peace. It's in need, most of all, of Christ. And we're thinking, gosh, I just don't want to get involved in all of that. I don't get my hands dirty and all that. But you know, when Christ saw people in the shape that our world's in, he didn't just see a need. You know what he saw? An opportunity. God's given us an opportunity of now. Mark chapter 6, the Bible says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Instead of looking at the people as a need to be ignored, he looked at them as an opportunity for why he was there. He says, hey, I can do something about this. And if our Savior can pose the example of looking past the need to see the opportunity, guess what you and I are supposed to do? Look, do you know why Central Baptist Church is here? Not just to recognize the needs, but to recognize the opportunity that God has given us. Sometimes needs are just opportunities in disguise. Now, you think about this woman here. God's will for her life is that she be saved. Christ first has to show her her need. When she acknowledges her need, what does the Bible say? Well, she finds out that the Father, verse 23, seeketh such to worship him. Man, she found out there was an opportunity waiting for her, but she had to first acknowledge that need. You know when God burdens your heart about working on the bus? Well, they need help in the bus ministry. You know, when God burdens your heart about working the bus, you shouldn't just see it as a need. You should see it as an opportunity. What an opportunity. God's let me be a part of a church that runs buses and picks up boys and girls and moms and dads and brings them to church where they can hear about the good news of the gospel and be saved and have a church family that loves them and they can fellowship with. Hey, that's not just a need. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Hey, when God burdens your heart about singing in the choir, oh my goodness, that's kind of scary standing up there. I assure you it's a little bit scary. God burns your heart about that. Well, there's a need up there. I got, no, no, it's an opportunity. 
Hey, you're here. If you can sing, you ought to be in the choir. Amen? If you can sing, you ought to be up there in the choir singing. Why? Because God's worthy to be sung about, right? Hey, God burns your heart about that. He shows you the need. Hey, it's an opportunity that you have to fulfill the will of God. But you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. You run from Brother Heath even in the grocery store. Why? You're afraid he's going to ask you to sing in the choir. Oh, man. Look, I know the feeling of being run from. I'm a pastor. That's what people do to me all the time. They run from me everywhere. Even in my street clothes, you people spot me a mile away. Ball cap, sunglasses, you still spot and you still run from me. You know what you're running from? You're running from opportunity to do the will of God and find fulfillment. Number one, why has God left us here 2022? Number one, to find the need. We need to see the need, not just our need, but the needs of the world. Number two, we need to find our opportunity. God has left us here for opportunity. Christ came to offer this woman a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. That's why I say Corinthians 6, the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know you're going to miss out on the will of God if you fail to see the opportunity. You're going to miss out on it. You wonder why Christians who don't have as much as you do, who aren't as smart as you are, and, and they're way better looking than you are. You're going to wonder, hey, why do they have something I don't have? Why do they have peace? Why do they have joy? Why do they have contentment? I'll tell you why. Somewhere along the line, they figured out the need was now and the opportunity was now. And they're fulfilling the will of God for their life. And that's where fulfillment comes. Through fulfillment of why God left us here. Number two, in 2022 for Central Baptist Church, it's, it's time we find the opportunity in now. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. That's the opportunity. But then, I want to show you the hard part in verse 23. The Bible says, but the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship. Watch this next line. The Father in spirit and in truth. The true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now, finally, we're getting about to doing the will of God. We see the need. We see the opportunity. But notice it goes beyond just acknowledging that. You can say, I see the need. God's made that clear. I know that's a great opportunity for me to do the will of God. But just seeing it and acknowledging it is not enough. How many times do I see and acknowledge things in my own home that need to be addressed and I don't do it, taking the garbage out, all right? There's an easy one we're all guilty of. We see it. I mean, it's exploding. It's stacking up four feet above the garbage can. We acknowledge it, but that still doesn't solve the problem. Why? There's something we have to do. James 2.16, the Bible says, And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? You see a need and you acknowledge the need and you know there's an opportunity there, but all you say is, hey, I hope it works out for you. I've checked on some people last night. It's cold weather. Some of our folks, you know, I don't know how insulated their houses are. Then I called and checked on a few of our people and said, hey, I want to make sure you're warm tonight. Imagine if they told me, no, man, I'm freezing to death in here. I said, well, I'll pray for you. It's supposed to snow tonight. I'll pray for you. I hope that works out all right. I don't know that my father's going to be pleased. But wait a minute, God, I called them and I asked them and they said they were cold and I told them I would pray a hedge of warmth about their body. I don't think I have that kind of prayer life. God says, why don't you do something about it? You knew the need. You saw the opportunity. But you didn't do anything about it. Now, I want you to notice something. This is important. In order to fulfill God's will this year as our church, We've got to see the need, 
We've got to see the opportunity. But verse 23, the Bible says that they worship in spirit and truth. Now, Christ was offering her an opportunity, but you've got to see this this morning. God's opportunities have to be done God's way. He didn't say, look, you can come worship me however you want to. You know, if 2022, that's probably what the preacher would have told her if it was a preacher from 2022. You worship the way you want, how you want. He says, no, I offer you an opportunity, but notice you've got to do it my way. Now, this is the hard part. Because as our church, we go through this new year, we're going to see the need of now. We're going to see the opportunities of now. But then comes the work of now, and that's number three. I want you to notice that we've got to do the work of now. In fulfilling God's will, it's not going to be easy. My dad used to say years ago, we'd be on the, on the job site, and we'd show up, and we'd be out there digging a hole across a road with a pickaxe, or we'd be digging post holes for something on the job, and, man, you're getting blisters on your hands and sweating. And there were times the post hole diggers would get bent over. We're hitting such hard clay gravel here in South Mississippi. We're over there, and we're rah, 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 griping and complaining about it. And my dad would say, son, it's just work. It's just work. Yeah, I know what it's like to work. I had a real job before I was a pastor. The will of God sometimes is going to be work. You're going to have to do things God's way. That's work. It's not easy to live God's way in 2022. It's going to be work. It's not easy to raise your kids right in 2022. It's going to be work. But watch this. We see the need we find the opportunity. We've got to be willing to do the work. Ephesians 4.11, we know this verse well. The Bible says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, listen close, for the work of the ministry. What? They probably didn't teach that in Bible college, did they? Work and ministry are in the same sentence. We try to separate the two as far as we can get from each other. No, there's work in ministry. The will of God is work. Matter of fact, what did the Bible say? Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send intellects into the fields. If that was the case, half of us would be disqualified. We couldn't be a part of ministry. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send, you know, the most beautiful into the fields. The other half of you would be disqualified after that one. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that, you know, he would just send the richest into the fields. Most of us will be counted out on that one. He says, no, pray ye the Lord of the harvest. He would send forth laborers. Laborers. Folks, can I tell you something this morning? It's going to take us a year to unwrap this thing. We just had to try to hit the nail one time this morning. where You'll get an idea of what we're talking about. We're here for now. We don't have the past. We don't have the future. But God's given us now. And now's the time that we find our needs and see the needs that God's been trying to show. It may be a need in your own life. You may need to be saved today. Maybe you're saved and you need to be baptized. Maybe this morning you're saved and baptized, but you're not serving. Maybe you need to join the church. Maybe you need to get right with God. Maybe you need to get right. I don't know what your need is, but it's time to acknowledge our needs. Now is when. You know, we all have those one days on the video. One day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to get right. No, now is when. You don't have the past. You don't have the future. Now is when. Can I ask you this morning, what's your now? What's your now? What is the will of God for you in this service right now? It's no mistake you're here today. 
Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, by, by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Paul says the will of God was work. The will of God for our church this year is going to be work. There's some Sunday mornings you're going to have to work to get out of bed. Like this morning, man, it had been nice to stay on that nice heavy blanket, wouldn't it, by the fireplace. Sometimes you're going to have to work to be faithful. Sometimes you're going to have to work to do the will of God, to repent of sin. Look, sometimes it's not always going to be easy, but we're here for now. We're here for now. For two years, the majority of my time here as pastor have not gone according to plan. You have a vision, you have a burden, so many things you want to do, so many things you believe God would have you to do, and all of a sudden, all this happens, and sometimes we're not even in the building. And I begged God during the summer, I said, God, when? When are we going to get to get about the work? When? And oh, he just pounded that nail. Now is when. We've been distracted too long. All right? We've been distracted too long. We've been in and out too long. It's been topsy-turvy and chaotic too long. And all the things that God has in store for us and all the things that God has in store for you, now is when. All the things we've been putting off, all the things we've been hoping to do but been distracted from doing, now is when. Now is when. And you need to figure out what's your now. What does God have for you now? And then when we leave this place, get about the business of finding our now. God, why did you leave me here? God, why have you brought me to this place? Why did you bring us through COVID when many others never made it through COVID? Okay, God, you brought us to now and help us to know what the needs are now. Help us to find the opportunities of now. And then God, help us do the work of now. There's a lot to do and a short time to do it. And the only time we have to do it is now. So here's my question very simply as we close. What's your now? What's your now? God, I had a specific will for that woman at that place and at that time. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. You're here today. What is God's will for you right now? You say, oh, I know what it is. Oh, and I'm scared. God's will can be scary sometimes. You know what it is, and you're like, oh, I just got to ignore that. We're going to get out of here. It's 12.15. Time flies when you're having fun, don't it? All of my watches say 12.15. Man, if I can just get out of here quickly. Now, look, ignoring the need that God's trying to show you, changing the subject. Oh, yeah, God, when VBS comes around, oh, let me tell you, I'm going to be the best Baptist City deputy you've ever seen. God says, I'm not talking about then. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about now. Quit telling God, not now. God says, I brought you to this place at this time. I've showed you the need. I've given you the opportunity. But now you've got to do the work. And the work this morning is obedience. Let's just be obedient to now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together.